Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. My exposure to theater is just sort of like my mom and other folks being like, you should get a little culture in your life. And I hung out with the theater kids and they had me like move boxes or point lights or whatever. Yeah, so, right. so which is all to say, I just will accept what is presented to me. Okay. But before the intermission at the Spider-Man musical, I was like, oh no. Oh, this is so bad. <laughs> to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Hey, hey Ritz. Ritz. What's up? How are you guys doing? Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> can oh, I my tell, God. Can I tell them about the text you sent me the other day? <laughs> he heard the latest episode, and he was like, come on, man. That's how you invite me on the podcast? I just text him. I'm like, had you seen Spider-Man turn off the dark? That's all I text him. Yeah, that meant I wanted you to come on the podcast. That how means could, urgent. How could, I, yeah, that I, I just I just missed that obvious clue. Yeah, I really apologize. <laughs> so while we're there, what did you say? It was forgetful. What did you say? It was highly forgettable. Forgettable. Okay. Love I it. mean, obviously, you know, it, it is the stuff of legend, although... After the podcast, I went back and looked it up, and it it did run for much longer than I thought. What did I? How uh, long? I think it ran over two years. What? Wait, yeah. really? Oh, I thought it was under a year. I thought it was like right around a year. Uh, Interesting. Okay, no, that's probably true. Well, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we counting previews? Yeah, because that. Well, that's the key because it's it had the longest preview. <laughs> Correct. It oh. had like a six month preview, which is unheard of. Crazy. The most I've, the most any show ever has is like a month. Correct. And then they open. Right. But they kept pushing back the open because it wasn't safe. They couldn't no. figure out how to get it to work. And uh, So then just like cut your losses. Well, what? it was a lot of cutting. Well, and losses, a lot of losses. losses no. is a big word for them. Yes. Yeah. I know. Because it was how many million? I forget. I want to say almost 100 million or something like that. Wow. Which is just unheard of. Uh, in the money they lost and stuff like that. Wow. And they was going to have to run for over decades oh for it to like gosh. make its money back. Longer than Phantom? Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> enough. <laughs> I don't know why I was so intrigued by that. I it just, we had Sheev on the last episode and yeah. it just, something struck me when he, well, it was funny that he's like, we don't have to talk about this, but I've seen this show. And I was like, oh, we're <laughs> oh, going to talk about it. talking so, about it. Anyway, we got so much response from that said episode the biggest one, of course, is we now have an official Aunt and Uncle's Day, Roxy. We do. We do. Ooh, Many good. people. Sid, I think, was the first, actually. Yeah. It is officially July 26th. Love it. Now, I don't know. You know what they didn't say? They didn't say if it was international or national. They just said Aunt and Uncle's Day is July 26th. We got a lot of emails about that. Some we'll be reading in a second. But yeah. Well, so, we're just going to say if you're an aunt or uncle of any kind, it's your day. Right. Wherever you are in the world universe whatever i mean no pressure on your nephew but i hope he remembers that's all i know I, I mean my nephews and niece will not remember they I don't guarantee. even know your phone number. they don't even know my phone number. i text them now ritz and they're like who's this i get that <laughs> listen i've got 16 nieces and nephews wow. and 10 great nieces and nephews whoa okay yeah Wow. They so I'm going to make sure I remember party. that actually later on for the last thing we're going to talk about today. <laughs> okay. Because that means you're old, but that's okay. All right. Here we yes. go. Let's get into some email because we we're going to do Friday Five later in the show. Yep. So let's do email now. We heard from Lee Gordon and he said, 
episode 80, excuse me, I could swear that amidst all the geeking out over the failed Spider-Man show on Broadway, Chuck never asked Cheeve, a guy who went to school in Philly and lives in Boston, about his sports fandom, or am I having a senior moment? <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought we kind of went into it, but I guess not. Yeah. But Cheeve wrote in, and he was just saying how he was a big Temple guy, because that's, yeah. you know, being going to school in Philly, and obviously he's a Boston. He actually said where he was in Philly, nobody cared about the Red Sox coming back on the Yankees. Right. That's all he was saying, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we hear from Jenny Robbins, right? Yes, episode 57. Two of my top three cookies are from McVitie's. The chocolate digestives are my favorite. Best cookie for a dunk. I almost thought that said drunk. <laughs> no, it's dunk. <laughs> Best cookie for a dunk. Or a drunk. <laughs> Two seconds at most. It used to be hard to find them here. I had to ration my packs from England. Thanks to the internet and specialty stores, I can find them now. Absolutely. Now, as we know, I'm a dunker. So that's key. The two seconds, because yeah. I do the granola bars. What mm -hmm. are those? What kind of granola bars are those? Uh, the ones that uh, just crumble Nature in the packet. Nature Valley. It's like crumbs <laughs> when you open it. But yeah, you dunk those too long, they drop in the coffee. And that's, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. There's nothing worse than that. Mm-hmm. So then Kristen LeBlanc, episode 176. We were on vacation in New Brunswick and we stopped at a small motel. As we walked through the lobby to go to the pool, the reception lady was really staring at my dad. After going back through the lobby to get back to our room, she says, are you Leo? We went to school together. My father said, I don't live in this province. She hauls out a yearbook from my father's high school and he is standing next to her in the class photo. Whoa. That was someone he hadn't seen in 20 years. P.S., Best part about DQ in Nova Scotia, Canada, is that we have a deep-fried scallops and fries basket. What? Yum. That sounds gross to me. Ugh. Well, that's one of the places that have food. Not we went the scallops. Ugh. Yeah, no, no. Ritz, are you on board with that? First of all, I'm going back to the fact that this woman sees Kristen LeBlanc's dad and has her yearbook handy? What, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> What's you the know? odds of that? That's, that's the million that's and a one thing. Interesting. That's interesting. That's... <laughs> That's a great point. Good where catch. were you? Where were you with this like ninety-five-year-old Rockette that or woman that never got to audition for the Rockettes or something like that? Remember that story? Someone yeah. wrote that yes. into us. We never went into that. Roxy, this woman, the last auditions we had, right, right. she went in to finally do her audition, but yeah. the article said something like it had been eighty, 80 years. years. And so someone did the, the math. Making. I think it was maybe it was Rupert. Somebody, maybe it was yeah. Todd Decay. They were like, wait a minute. So, so she was, she was 12? thirteen or twelve. Like, wait, that doesn't <laughs> add up. So that, I mean, back in early, early days, yeah, maybe. they didn't really have, I mean, the child labor laws were not really right. anything, yeah, so maybe, be. but... Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either that or she's still lying about her age. Maybe. Right. <laughs> All right, then, Roxy, we heard from a new emailer. A new listener, Grace. Another TBDer. Well, yeah, let's hope he's not a new listener, though, Roxy. Let's hope he's been listening. He's just now writing in. Grayson Liahi. Leahy. Leahy? Let me see that. No, I think it's just Leahy. 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 I would say Leahy. Okay. What did you say first? Leahy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with the whole Don't be gauche. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> we're getting to that, Ritz. <laughs> go ahead, Roxy. Well, I don't think Grayson, when you come on the podcast and finally get an episode number and not have a TBD, then Roxy will find out. I mean, out. Roxy has a good pronunciation. I kind of like it. No, that, I don't think so. I don't think it's right, but I like it. I don't think it's right at all. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway, he says, Dear Chuck and Roxy, I've been a fan of Tony and PTI as long as I can remember. A sports fan for even longer, specifically the Miami Dolphins, even though I live in British Columbia, Canada, about as far wow. away as you can get and be on the same continent. 
During my international travels as a lucky youngster, North American sports were a collective anchor for the soul, so to speak, and an easy way to stay connected with friends back home. I was lucky enough to work as the sports editor for my school paper while attending university, while also starting a campus radio show podcast. And while I was doing that, I became a massive fan of Mr. Tony's radio show and subsequently the podcast. I have been a proud little for quite a few years now, a fan of your show for admittedly not long enough and would love the chance to chat with you or at least be known as a member of the connective tissue of my favorite show Grayson well yes duh Uh, you're coming on the show that's exactly what you need to do we'll be in touch for sure Yes. Uh, not sure when. We've got a lot of people. But we will yes. We're in line and all this stuff but we'll we'll get to you don't worry about that for sure. Uh, I'm just curious British Columbia is like way west and north and he roots for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. That's that is, curious. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't Can't know. wait to find out how. Yep, there exactly. So here we go. Roop Sharma, episode 48. Chuck, the beer snake is not a DC defender thing. I am not sure where it started, but I know I have seen it for years in places like Wrigley Field. Okay, yes, but I meant as far as the XFL goes. Yeah, like that's, what we've seen. That's the stadium that we know of that does well at least that's what was being broadcast yeah you know it's like survivor yeah. we only could see what the edit gives us you yes. know what i mean but nice that, safe that's Chuck. the one we know <laughs> in the xfl but no he's right i'm sure other people have done it oh yeah in other places and other sports okay number two on gandhi i agree that it is a tough watch as a young child okay that's there nice he wasn't so nice when i said something <laughs> but okay my parents made my brother and i watch it before we were allowed to see et Whoa. I think I was eight and my brother was five. Roxy, voice memo coming soon on the correct way to pronounce the word spelled G-A-U-C-H-E. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's Ritz right. kind of already said it. You missed it, I think. I did. Okay. Well, let's hear the voice memo first. Okay. Roxy, the word that Todd Takei sent you the other day that was spelled G-A-U-C-H-E is pronounced gauche. It means extremely tacky. To use this in a sentence would be, Mr. Tony always begging for free stuff is quite gauche. All right, so there you go. Ritz, rip it off her again. Don't be gauche, Roxy. Don't be gauche. Gauche. I thought I thought I said it, but I was laughing so hard <laughs> at her trying to say it, I completely forgot to say it, which I thought was kind of funny. Gauche. Uh, well, clearly, clearly, Roxy has never been gauche in her life, doesn't know anybody who's gauche, so she <laughs> would have so no gauche. reason <laughs> to know She's gonna how use to pronounce it such a word. <laughs> She's going to use it all the time now. <laughs> okay, two things before we get out of here and get to our Meet the Littles guests I want to talk about. Obviously, today, we're not making such a big deal about it, but it is the Preakness. Yep. So that'll be run later today. Yep. Uh, it's the second part of the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. And there's only like eight horses, right, Rich? You have them all there, right? I got them here. All right, and so since we, we got... you know, know nothing about it, really, uh, except we, we, knew, we know who the winner of the Kentucky Derby is. Yep. But list them off, and we're going to make our quick picks. National Treasure. And this is in lane order, uh, National Treasure, lane one, Chase the Chaos, Mage, who won the Kentucky Derby, yeah. Coffee with Chris, which I think has a little TK connection there, right? Yeah. Right? Who knows? Yeah. Red Root One, Perform, Blazing Sevens, and First Mission in the eighth slot. Hmm. All right, Roxy, go. I mean, I like Mage because they won the Kentucky Derby, but I also like, what is it, Coffee with Chris? Yep. I like that one. Okay. 
channeling her inner solicitor there. Ah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I like National Treasure. I love that movie. Yeah. But they're in the one slot, so that's never good. But actually, the one that I think I picked, I was the closest. I had the horse that finished fourth in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So I'll just go with that on a whim. Okay. What do you got, Ritz? I don't know. I like Red Route 1 for the alliteration. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. And of course, this will all change when we see the colors of the horse and the jockey silks, because that's right. really what matters. I mean, exactly. so maybe what we should do is actually we should bet a trifecta, the three of us. What? Yeah. There you go. All right. You never know. Roxy picked first, right? Yeah. You were first. I was second. Ritz was third. Okay. I might. Okay. Eh, we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to be anywhere. That I'm putting my $2 in. Find an OTB somewhere. <laughs> Anyone remember what those are? All right. Then lastly, real quick. And the reason I said this about you being old, Ritz, was because Roxy, there Ouch. might be a new Bachelor that I might watch. Oh, yes. Do you know about this? I do know about okay. this. Okay, Ritz, do you know about it? It's called The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> no. Now, Littles, how much fun does this sound? Basically, I mean, think of someone like, you know, Tony and Wilbon being The Bachelors. You know what I mean? I, I'm guessing. <laughs> I, how yeah, much fun? for seniors. Yeah, for seniors. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like The Bachelor. For, now, obviously, you know, Tony and Wilbon are married, but so that's a bad example, I guess. But I don't know. Having someone like Tony's age right. as The Bachelor, I think would just is this be for real? hilarious. It is for real. Yes, this is for real. I don't apparently. know when it's oh starting, my. but it is and do for we real. Know who, do we know who The Bachelor is? Like no, how old I don't this know man yet. Is? Oh, I don't okay. think we know who it is. Yeah, it just says they announced that the latest spinoff of The Bachelor, where seniors try to find love, will be titled The Golden Bachelor and will premiere, oh, in the fall of 2023-2024 okay. lineup. Airing Monday nights following Dating with the Stars. I don't know what, what? that is. Who knows? Oh anyway, I just think that's going to be a ton of fun. And yeah, I want to watch it for sure. I want to see. The favorite parts, the dates are going to end at like 6 p.m. That's perfect. The, the rendezvous are going to be like in the morning that's over breakfast. Perfect. And, you know, <laughs> no, it'll be like early bird specials. Right, uh, right, right. Exactly. So, all right. Well, let's get out of here. We got a great Meet the Littles guest. Another fantastic name. That's all we're going to say. Yes. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, I'm Tim Wildsmith, and I'm a loyal little. And I'm Becca Wildsmith, and I'm not a loyal little. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. This episode by an artist called Ronnie O'Brien, and this song is called These Walls. Now, if you like what you hear, you can find his stuff all over the place. He's on Reverberation. He has a YouTube channel. He's on Instagram, Facebook, all those good things. Most of them, you're just going to search Ronnie O'Brien. That's R-O-N-N-I-E-O-B-R-I-A-N-T. And we'll have all those links in the show notes. But most importantly, as always, we will play the full song, These Walls, at the end of the podcast. And if you ask them my secrets, they would tell you no lies. If these walls could talk, 
Alright, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. Roxy. Yeah, Chuck. Alright, full disclosure, littles. I've been practicing. Yes. Okay, we've been practicing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna do it alright. I think so. Go for it. Alright, here we go. Please welcome to the podcast, Cameron Tubba Tabai. Hey Cameron, how's it going? Uh, it's great. No notes. You nailed it. That was yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Nice. No notes. I shouldn't have said I was practicing. I should have just said, you know, I'm going to read this for the first time, Roxy. Yeah, see right. This is. Yeah. <laughs> you would we not are... be able to fool the littles. Cameron, we are so excited about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, probably not as excited as Honest Larry. I'm just going to throw that out there because he's <laughs> Hello, been, Honest Larry. I already said to you off air, poor guy, Roxy. I'm like, you better be good because Honest Larry's been on my butt about getting this guy on the podcast yeah. for a while now. And it's yeah. just our schedules just didn't mesh up. This one barely meshed up. He's a busy guy. He has his own podcast, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Celtics are on the brink. I don't know how much we'll go into that. Uh, because one thing you're going to find out is Roxy's from up there, and she's a big Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. But, Cameron, first thing we do is we want to turn it over to you. We want to meet you. That's what the Littles are here for. Please introduce yourself. Tell all the Littles a little something about yourself. All right. I mean, the most pertinent piece of information is that I have been a listener of the Tony Kornheiser podcast for as long as I've had a podcast app. So that's where I come in here. You teased it. I cover the Celtics for Celtics Wire, and I have a Celtics podcast called Celtics Lab. Just plug that right away. You should go check it out if you're <laughs> a Celtics yeah, fan. Right? He's a smart one. But take us way back. Let's let's meet you. Where did you grow up? Are you originally from up there? And we want to know how you became a Celtics fan, all that stuff. Where'd you go to school? Stuff like that. Uh, let's see. I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, which is where uh, there's a bunch of things famous in Newton, but that's where Boston College is, might be the best frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And I went to undergrad at University of Pittsburgh, which uh, not terribly far away, but Pittsburgh and Boston are, are different places. Yes. If you've ever visited those sure. places. I am a high school teacher now. I teach history and economics at Lexington High School here in Massachusetts. Uh, no one ever leaves Boston. This is an aside, but the reason they call it the hub is because a writer from Ohio, and I think the 1800s came, and sarcastically, he was like, well, Boston must be the hub of the universe. Everything goes through Boston. <laughs> and everyone in Boston was like, that's great. We're going to stick with that. So that's yeah. why Boston's called the hub. Nice. So I'm back I'm back to Boston. Um, let's see, after undergrad, I knew I was going to be a teacher. And so like any good teacher, I wandered for a little bit. I did marketing. I was a bartender. I lived in Australia. And wow. at a certain point, the rubber hit the road. I went to grad school. I got the degree, and now I teach high school history. All right. Well, we're going to dissect all of that. But so since you just <laughs> dropped it, where'd you go to grad school? Tufts University. Tufts University. Oh, Tufts. Okay. I've actually been there. Uh, I went to an audition there once, Roxy. That's oh. where NETCs used to audition. Okay. I used to go up there. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Pittsburgh, though. What brought you out there? I was actually at the University of Vermont, which is a great place. I commend it to my students very highly, but I was not a skier. And I wasn't into drugs enough that it made sense for me to stick around. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, a skiing no, major I... at that college? It must be, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a requisite class. Yeah. No, it's, it's something I reflect on because, again, I'm a high school teacher. I just I didn't know how to be a freshman in college. And so I, I didn't do a good job of making friends. I was resentful that I wasn't with friends. I was resentful that it wasn't the big fish in a small pond anymore. So I didn't do the things that I needed to do to set myself up for success. I had a friend who went to University of Pittsburgh. You'll have, you'll have to have him on the podcast to explain how he ended up there. But Another little. He was having a blast. I don't know if he's a little. He's a little by association. I mean, I tell him quips from the Kornheiser podcast sure, not yeah. infrequently. So he was having a blast. I visited a few times. I thought it was really interesting. I thought that the school itself was really generous when I told them I was thinking about transferring. And then my only real good friend at UVM 
was asked to not come back for the next year. So that was it. I was, oh. I was off to Pittsburgh. Okay. I feel like there's Which a story great. there that I... we're not going to hear, but that's okay. Uh... <laughs> no, that's a story to tell. It, it worked out well. I have an environmental policy degree and studying the environment in Vermont is one thing, but everyone just hugs it out because they love the trees so much. And in Pittsburgh, it's much more dynamic to study yeah. the environment because people's, you know, entire livelihoods and family livelihoods were floated by coal or natural gas. Yeah. And so the yeah. conversations were, were more pragmatic. So yeah, I have an environmental degree from coal country in the Rust Belt, which feels like an oxymoron. <laughs> right. <laughs> what exactly, what kind of classes do you take for that? So it's front loaded with a lot of science classes. Okay. Makes sense. I guess, yeah, it's not unlike an environmental studies program, which is a, maybe a more familiar BA. Mm -hmm. There's a little more like government and there was a lot of what I really appreciated of it. It was very dialed into Pittsburgh history and the problems facing Pittsburgh. So for example, a gentleman, I wish I remembered his name. It's, I, I feel bad that I don't, who wrote for the Post Gazette, the, the newspaper out there was a professor and I took many of his classes. So it was actually, I'm sure that's an intersection for what I do now, but it was essentially like a journalism class about mm. the environment oh. and specifically environmental policy. So yeah, it's not unlike a lot of environmental studies classes. I guess it's probably just stuffier and mm -hmm. that it a little less about the environment and a little more about the application of all of that stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Now, but um, so was it an education degree or that was when, where grad school came in? That's where grad school came okay. in. No, I mean, I suspected I was a camp counselor for a million years. Another thing I love about uh, Mr. Kornheiser, yeah. but I suspected that I wanted to be a teacher, but I guess I thought I knew well enough to challenge the assumptions of an 18 year old. So mm -hmm. I got a liberal arts degree. Like yeah. that was any better. Um, <laughs> hey, wait but a minute. I, That's what I got. No, I'm just okay, and look at us now. Yeah. Right. So I was happy enough to go and try something different. I ended up writing, doing marketing. I picked up a side gig writing about the Celtics for a site called Celtics Hub, which old school Celtics fans might remember. And through that, I ended up with a marketing job. And so I was doing SEO uh, content marketing for a little bit. And then it just kept the education stuff on the back burner, but then otherwise was happy with whatever life threw at me. Mm -hmm. And now let's, let's go to your fandom. Let's get that out of the way. Cause you kind of mentioned right at the top of the interview about Tony and stuff. But where did the real passion and when did you actually become a little and all that stuff? Yeah, I wish I had a aha moment. I always watched PTI. Mm -hmm. It was appointment viewing and there was kind of, I'm, I'm sure people of a certain age had a similar experience where I felt like graduating from around the horn to PTI. I used to be more into around the horn mm -hmm. and less into PTI. And I feel like I shifted and I felt like that was, there was something growing up there. Yeah. And I always... I don't know. I've thought about this a little bit. I have, so I'm from Boston. He's not with us anymore, but I had a grandfather with a bald head and a Boston accent. And if you squint, that's a lot like Tony Kornheiser. So I'm sure there's something there. Right. Otherwise, let's see. I used to listen to PTI on the podcast app okay. and it suggested Tony Kornheiser and whatever my first episode was, I couldn't tell you, but I, I was pretty much immediately hooked. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people stumble upon his podcast through PTI. Yeah. Like that's what happened to Chuck. So, and he drops now. He's very, he does that a lot now on PTI where he'll say, so I had so-and-so on the podcast. Right. The right. I, I love yeah. that <laughs> real subtle, but not, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So, all right, now let's go real quick into, I'm still intrigued about this education because my degree was in education, mm -hmm. but I never became a teacher. Right. So, but you said you teach history now. 
I do. Nope. History and economics, although a, a more history than economics. Okay. And so where did that come from, that Pat? Is that what you just wanted to do in grad school and that's what it was? No, I, I loved being a camp counselor and I think, and I, I mean, I've always been a voracious reader and I love learning. So that made sense to me. And yeah, I just, it was never an itch I could fully scratch. So when I was in Australia or doing marketing or I worked for a CPA for a brief moment, it still was something I daydreamed about. So I think I was always long for it. I think it's really, you know, personable. It's are always learning so much. You're making really strong connections. It's just, I was not motivated by other jobs the way that I feel like I am in teaching. So it was always the plan. I was open to abandoning the plan, but I never felt the need to. Right. Now, but I meant the history part. Like, why not science? Because you were in the environmental. Yeah, no, um, I'm good at math. I like science. It's just I don't have that nitty-gritty tenacity. Okay. You don't have the passion. I'm really, I mean, if you take my econ class, you'll see that the math is secondary to some of the other stuff. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's much more about the relationships with kids and engendering curiosity and things like that and as much as i you know through the pandemic i'm worried about how scientifically illiterate the average american is for me personally the thrill of what being a teacher was and is gets kind of crowded when you have to worry about too many formulas and things like that right 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 interesting and so now can we go back because i'm littles there was no form we didn't have time this was a very quick let's get them on the podcast type thing. This Australia thing. Now, this was just a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> was this like a midlife... Well, I can't even say midlife crisis. You said it was right after high school, right? Uh, no, I was 26 or 27. Okay. It was a quarter-life crisis. All right. So I'm in this marketing job, downsized, uh, and then I wasn't in the marketing job anymore. I was a bartender here in Boston. I worked, again, for a CPA for a little bit. I did some freelance writing. And so I was kind of spinning my tires and I was living with friends at the time, and one friend didn't get a promotion that they didn't want in the first place, and another friend was feeling a rut. And we had talked in earnest about moving to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and jokingly said, what if we went as far as Australia? And I don't know how we kind of had this collective moment of gusto, but we just said, let's do it. And I suspect this is my, uh, I don't know, this is probably May we left in September. My guess is the number of people who said, okay, but you're not really going to go kind of egg this on, but we kind of right. put up or shut up. <laughs> so two friends and I went, we went to Melbourne, Australia, and it was a blast. Actually, uh, hilariously, I ended up working at a New Orleans themed cocktail bar as a cook slash bartender slash server. And how long were you there? Yeah. Uh, about a year. Okay. And then wow. I came back and got myself, I applied to grad school, and then the following year went to grad school. Wow. So the three of you, did you have at least have a plan? Like, did you have a place before you left? Nope. We <laughs> saved it. some money. We knew a little bit about the kind of neighborhoods we wanted to go to. It's a little bit like New York City, if anyone listening is from New York, where like on a Friday you see an apartment, and on Sunday you move in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. The things move quick. So I think we were at a hostel for two weeks okay. before we found an apartment we liked in a neighborhood that was pretty cool. It's called Collingwood. Mm -hmm. And from there, I wrote about the MBA for an Australian site called The Pick and Roll for a little bit, but I did it all for this uh, little New Orleans lunch counter place. Yeah, wow. (laughs) That's so funny. That's so great. It was like a weird Mad Lib (laughs) era of my life with (laughs) the most random corner of the earth with the most random profession, but it was great. 
That's right. awesome. I'm always jealous of people like you, if I'm being honest. Because Roxy knows I do not do international travel well. Well, she actually hasn't ever experienced it, really. I haven't really, no. Um, but I'm just being I've told her up front, I do not do it well. It makes me nervous. I don't know why. Is it the being there that makes you nervous or the, just the travel? It's the being. It's, And again, I, let me. I should have prefaced this. This is all my fault. This is all stuff that's <laughs> controllable that I should. No, because like when I went performed in Tokyo, you know, I didn't understand anybody. And I'm like, well, that's on me. I should have learned a little bit of their language. Same thing when I went to Italy, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. It just makes me nervous mm. when other people are having a conversation and right next to me. you don't know what they're saying. And I'm, it's not that I'm trying to eavesdrop. It's just... I can understand that. Yeah. It's also like, you know, simple things like getting in a cab from the airport and trying to tell them where you're going yeah. and stuff. And yeah. if they don't understand you or they take me like a, a route that's 80 miles longer than it should be, you know, that kind of stupid stuff. <laughs> um, that's why... No, I got that. My girlfriend and I uh, over the summer are going to go to Montreal and... She speaks French and I do not. And so yep. I actually have that lingering apprehension of everyone's going to know what's going on but me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to just get up and go somewhere not knowing. Now, I know that obviously the language barrier is not there, but I just mean in general, just going somewhere that you have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's No amazing. place to stay. I'm just going to go to a hostel, go to a hotel for a couple of days. I'll find an apartment and just move in. That's yeah. That's so brave. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Never, never going to happen, Roxy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, with that attitude. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go to the corner and think about it for a second. We've got a lot more to get into here. Yeah. But, so we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Laura Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Laura Littles Podcast. And Roxy, we are lucky enough to have Cameron Tuba Tabai. There you go. What is that, by the way? Uh, it's Persian. Persian. Oh. Nice. So I can't really do the Italian spin on it. No. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. No, but that's how I tell people to pronounce it. I mean, I go by Mr. T in the classroom. But yeah, yeah, right. You stuck the two letters at a time the way you would with an Italian word. Yeah, now, sure. Now, let's see how old you are, really. Now, do you ever give him the whole I pity the fool or anything like that? No, it's funny. They, I think they know more about Mr. T than I am. So I'm 30. Okay. Which means I didn't. I kind of missed the Mr. T era. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they <laughs> watch so much Family Guy and stuff that oh, right. they get a lot of secondhand Mr. T. Yeah. So okay. I think that they know more about Mr. T than I do. Littles, <laughs> there is an episode of the Family Guy that they do the whole. They go, do like a Comic Con. Is that what you call it? Comic Con, mm -hmm. whatever. Where they go as the A Team cast. That's funny. And they do it so well, and they love it so much that they then become a local Quahog A Team. Of course they do. It's it's a great episode. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> YouTube it. <laughs> all right, let's get back into you, Cameron. Now I apologize in advance for the listeners. We're going to get a little, you know, I don't know what you call it here, uh, home cooking here. <laughs> we're going to ask you what your fandom is. We obviously kind of know, but then we're going to talk all about your podcast because you do so much with this stuff. We want to hear all about it. So. What's your favorite sport? Let's start there. Uh, uh, the correct answer is playoff hockey, um, okay. but I'm feeling burned lately. Yeah. Um, and then to play otherwise is basketball. So basketball gets the, the mantle, but playoff hockey yeah. uh, wins the day. Okay. I have to say, that's a good answer because even I, who know nothing about hockey, I never watch hockey, I will sit here and watch a playoff hockey game sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter because I don't oh, even have a team. Right. But it's just so exciting that especially if I turn it on late and it's tied. Yeah. You know, because it's just mm -hmm. winner takes all, you know, let next shot wins. You yep. know, I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So now let's let, well, let's get into your podcast. Now, obviously, you're a Celtics fan, I'm assuming. Yeah, I try to stay neutral, but I, I do. I mean, for a couple of reasons, I want them to do well, least of which it's more fun to podcast about games than 
the off season, but I grew up a Celtics fan and I think I can be a neutral reporter and still root for the team. Really? Cool. Good for you. I couldn't do it. I know that's tough. We we had someone else (laughs) on recently where we were saying about how I could never cover a, Oh, it's Tom. Mm -hmm. You know, we could, I could never cover a Yankee Sox game seven. There's no way. There's no no way I could do it. Definitely not. So where did you get hooked up with Honest Larry and all that stuff? We were talking off air about that, but we haven't really talked about it. Sure. Honest Larry, I I think his biggest outlet is Twitter. He could have an even bigger Facebook following and I I wouldn't know it. Um, So he is a Celtics Celtics fan. He makes that abundantly clear. And (laughs) my podcast co-host, Justin Quinn, Dr. Justin Quinn, said, hey, this guy, he knows so much about the Celtics, and he's a big-time fan, and we got to get him on. So maybe a year and a half ago, he came on for the first time. He's been on another time since. I think we'd followed each other on Twitter. and I mean, Celtics Twitter is a really self-referential place, so mm-hmm. we definitely followed each other. But now he came on the podcast. I think he made a, a slight reference to the Kornheiser pod, but no one caught it. And then I made an overt one, and then after – he was like, you're a little. And so, uh, yeah, world-class guy, great Twitter account. I'm sure anyone listening knows that. Um, but just he's living life the right way, I think. Absolutely. Now, you are correct, Cameron. I mean, he has huge Twitter following. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was great for us. And he best be retweeting this episode. Oh, because, for you know, sure. Because you're <laughs> the whole reason we even got to meet you. Yeah. So when did you start podcasting again? People ask that a lot. And I've never, like, really gone back. So... Dr. Quinn, who's not that kind of doctor, um, but also not Kornheiser's kind of doctor, um, he's had this podcast for a little bit, and he is the editor-in-chief of Celtics Wire, which is a USA Today Celtics site. And I have been writing about the Celtics, and so a, a writer of no particular consequence, but he reached out and said, do you want to be a guest on this podcast? And I guess we had a good rapport because he welcomed me back, and after a little bit, it kind of morphed into Key and I were the co-hosts. Uh, and my guess is that was no more than three years ago. Okay. Oh, wow. Mid pandemic, but we have nothing to do level pandemic. He has been doing Celtics lab longer than that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it was when I was in grad school because the third leg is Alex Goldberg, who is my grad school friend who was like, Hey, we love talking about basketball. We should like pretend to do a podcast. And I said, <laughs> actually, this is a little embarrassing, but why don't you come onto my podcast? So that must've been 2020. Yeah, okay. around 2020. So it was early pandemic okay. or maybe even pre-pandemic. Okay. Nice. Now, the thing we haven't heard about, though, we haven't heard anything about Patriots or Red Sox. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to be a Patriots fan. Tom Brady is such a weirdo and Bill <laughs> Belichick. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't want to alienate people. I'm not. I watch the Patriots. I admire Bill Belichick for what he does. But yeah. do you remember his love letter to Donald Trump? <laughs> that was such a weird oh, inflection Brady's? point for me. No, I think Bill no, Belichick. No, no, oh, no. Bill Bill's? Belichick. I really don't. Yeah, we don't. I, I'm not political at all. I and we definitely don't do no, politics sure. and here. I, but between Bob Kraft and his transgressions, yeah. and yeah, Bill Belichick yeah. and I yeah. disagreeing it's a on some things, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady kind of being a nut. It's been a weird time to be a <laughs> his proud diet, Patriots his fan. His ice cream. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. But you know, the other thing is though, the funny thing about what I just said is though, I love it when Tony does it on the podcast. I love it when it's like if Chris is on, Chris Liz is on, I know they're going to talk about something. And the, the most recent transgressions were, of course, when Trump went on CNN right. for that big thing yeah, right. uh, when episode. he was up in New Hampshire. I just think it's funny when I hear other people. I don't like to talk about it, and I just hate most of it. I actually, only because of what he said, how Tony was like, oh, I watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. 
I actually, you didn't even know this, Roxy. You went to bed. Yeah. And they were replaying it. I turned it. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. It was like 10 minutes. Not even yeah. 10. It was like five minutes. Yeah. And it wasn't even necessarily, I, see, that's the thing. I don't know if it, if it was Trump or if it was the fact that it was just politics. Right. I just, I hate it. I hate it. I think it's because my parents threw it down my throat growing up. Yeah. And I just grew up mm. involved in it mm-hmm. and I just hated it. So. Yeah. And it. You know, because I see what it does I saw firsthand, what it does to families and mm-hmm. things. I mean, there was at one point where we had friends up the street, neighbors, where all of a sudden we were playing together all the time. And then all of a sudden one day they just stopped coming over. Yeah. And it was like because their dad didn't like that our dad didn't vote for his friend or his candidate or whatever. And we were like, what? Yeah. What's that got to do with us? Right. <laughs> like, right. Wait, what? They can't come over anymore? Right. That kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just, yeah. It's stupid, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, I think that's where sports are nice. Uh, obviously, sports are intensely political. I mean, they're some oh, of the yeah. most political things we have. But when it's light, talking about the Red Sox is like the last co- connective tissue we still have that isn't a weird third rail. Yeah, that's true. If the Patriots were better, maybe I would <laughs> swallow my pride a little and <laughs> and be more invested. Sure. Um, and then I love the. I mean, I hesitated when you asked my favorite sport because I think. Long term, the answer is baseball. I, I actually have been kind of throwing a hissy fit about the pitch clock to anyone who will listen because <laughs> oh, really? I, Do tell. Yeah, I just baseball is about tension. It's about oh. being there and enjoying the atmosphere. And when push comes to shove, it's about a pitcher versus a batter. And there's something about staring them down. It must happen in 20 seconds that feels tra- like cheap and transactional. Mm, if, the, if the pitch That's clock, if the pitch clock turned off in like the eighth inning. Then I would understand, and I know that it's an entertainment product and a business. But yeah, uh, yeah, I have some, suspect that I'm going to be a grumpy old man who loves baseball. I mean, I like scoring the game, and occasionally, like I went recently with my mom and stepdad, and I tried to score the game, and they're like, "This is so stupid. We're going to go get beer." So <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a very be... interesting take, though, because you know you do miss those the stare down yeah. between the batter and yeah. the, the pitcher, and then it's the, like let it happen naturally, and, and the pitcher shaking off the catcher like three times. You know, oh, that he's like, like, yeah, I, miss, just I don't like the little radio that they have. Yeah. I mean, Roxy, the one thing I will say I know Roxy loves is the whole new you can only throw over to first base like twice, right? Right. She hates that. I hate that. That you was can her throw biggest pet peeve when about When they baseball. were throwing over to like first four base, four or five times. I'm like, just throw the dang ball at the batter and let him hit it and see what happens. Enough. <laughs> like, let's go. But yeah. No, that was her thing. So. Well, listen, Cameron, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles and telling your story and everything. Now, we know you don't probably know this, but we have some fun, dumb questions. So we're going to ask you those. We hope that's okay. Roxy, what's first? (laughs) Okay. Tell me three things you remember about kindergarten. Let's see. I have a twin sister. And it's one of those things where I'm sure I remember being told that this happened as much as I remember it. But a few times we were in different classrooms, but I would end up in her classroom because I was feeling homesick. So I remember that. Okay. I remember, I guess they had staggered starts to kindergarten. So it was like group A starts on a Tuesday and group B starts on a Wednesday. But my parents didn't get that memo. (laughs) So the second day, a new set of kids rolled through. And I remember meeting, maybe he's listening, James Donato, and thinking, oh, is it just going to be new kids every day? What is this place? (laughs) And I mean, this is a hokey answer, but I do remember Miss Houston Carr was my teacher and that woman was great. I know that she visited my house once just to check in with my parents. Not that anything was wrong, or at least I've never been told why that happened. But I do. She had a hot red car. So I guess as a teacher, I'm going to choose my third answer to just shout out Miss Houston Carr, which was she's a great practitioner. Nice. Great. Excellent. All right. We have a new one, Roxy. Okay. Hot off the press. Great. Think it's Greg Sheremita? I don't remember that. But here we go. You can invite two TV characters to your next birthday party. 
Who are you choosing and why? Okay, um, I'm going to pick Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows. And that's dangerous because obviously he's a vampire, but... Oh, okay. I, think... I, I, I had no idea what that was. Okay, oh, it's this great... Oh, my goodness. It's this great show on FX. It's incredibly dry. It was Jermaine Clement and Taika, uh, whatever his last name is, had a movie about vampires who live in Auckland, and they've turned it into a TV show, and it's okay. great. Or maybe it was Wellington, either okay. way. So I'm going to pick Laszlo. And I think it's hard. I don't think I can take the opportunity that you've presented to me and not pick Larry David from Curb. Oh, yeah. Because even if it ruined my birthday party, it would create an experience for everyone. Absolutely. That would be unmatched. All right. So I'm taking a risk. I'm going to pick Larry from Curb. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. What personal trait has gotten you in the most trouble? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I talk way too fast. I listen to podcasts at one and a half speed, and I think that that just like fried my brain. <laughs> I've never gotten in trouble for it, but... <laughs> I definitely think that that's a trait that okay. is noticeable. Totally understand. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. Totally. Occasionally you meet people who you listen to their podcast if it's in sports or, you know, if I run into you guys at a bar and there are people who I only ever hear their voice at one and a half speed. So occasionally you hear them in real life and you're like, why are you speaking so slowly? Right, right. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? I think Garfield comes to mind. I feel like he has a pretty chill life. Huh. Wow. sleeps and eats lasagna. I feel like I could hang. Okay. Um, Not Heathcliff, huh? That's actually one of our uh, rapid-fire questions. Garfield mm-hmm. or Heathcliff? Yeah. Um, so let's, oh, Garfield. So let's jump into those, Roxy. Okay. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Cups up or down in the cupboard? What? People do down? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Apparently. Wait, what? I do down? <laughs> yeah. You're only up? Right, do you meticulously dust your cupboard? I mean, the cupboard is Well, the cupboard's closed. closed. There's no dust getting in there. No. If, uh, that's a good point. No, I mean, if you have open shelves. Do you stand by it that your cupboard, if I went through your cupboard right now and swipe my finger, I wouldn't find anything gross? Well, why are you sticking your finger in my cups? That's what I want to know, first <laughs> of all. I don't, no. think, I don't think, yeah, I think it would pass the white glove trick. Me? I don't know. We've never tried Roxy, but no, but you know how there's some places where they're open. Yeah. That open I get. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But that yeah, inside sense. the cupboard, it gets dusty. Yeah, but when it's up, the dust collects inside But if it's open, then it. up would be dusty too. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, what's, it's dusty what's your... no matter what. It's judgy. I like it. <laughs> judgy. I love it. All right, well, I have, I have stronger takes on how you load silverware into a dishwasher. Oh, oh okay. go. How go. do you go? Go for it. It's it's up. It's of course it's up. I mean it's down. I'm sorry, it's down. Oh, of course it's down. See, I don't know. I think you slipped up on purpose there. Now, what wait a minute. What if you have the shelf on top where you lay them down? It's funny. I just opened my dishwasher to make sure I speak <laughs> correct. Okay, but no. Wait. Let's go back. So Roxy has a good point. There's well those trays now where you lay it down on top. Mm. But no, no, we're talking about in the little basket. Yeah. Now, but hello, if it's down, you can't. Now the knives, yes, go down. But the forks and spoons, in my opinion, go up so they can get cleaner. No. Yeah, but. No, because then you it's hard to pick them out of the dishwasher without touching the part that goes in your mouth. Yeah. Unless you grab mm. it like you're plucking a flower, you're going to end up grabbing someone's spoon or fork by the... We should see if we could put like a waterproof that. GoPro I would or something rather in the dishwasher clean. and see how it all cleans. I'd rather them be clean than stick in that basket. And it depends also how you can't overload it. I understand all that. No, but, but it's like your clothes. It'll, but. The soap and suds get all in right, there. All right. Get around. So. All right, let's 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 end with this. Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny? 
Never not funny. All right. Love it. All right. See, we ended okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I got a little worried there with the cups up and down uh, thing, but no. Right. Well, Cameron, listen, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. Take a second, plug everything, and tell everyone how they can get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with. Sure. I mean, at this point. Uh, I, again, this has been such a thrill. I, I'm almost... Uh, red in the face with embarrassment that you would invite me onto the show. So thank you. Oh. You should, if you're a Celtics fan, or I guess if you want to hate read some Celtics stuff, go to Celtics Wire. Um, I also have a podcast, Celtics Lab podcast. And if you can figure out how to spell my name, you'll find me on Twitter. But both of you, this has been a real treat. Well, the pleasure's all ours, sir. So, and yeah. thank you, Honest Larry, for the recommendation. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. This is great. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Okay, over or under? Um, it's a trick question. First of all, it's over, obviously. But the real answer is wet wipes. If you have not <laughs> made the transition to wet wipes, you are living in the past. And I don't want to go into too much detail uh, to sell that product. No, please, we got deal, another five but... minutes. Let's go into detail. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, they are very luxurious. You don't do both? Uh, I mean, if you really want me to tell you my routine, I can. Uh, oh, I, sir, we've had people tell us the how they fold the toilet paper first. <laughs> so uh, I, I do like a soft fold that ends up as a bunch. No, I go with the dry stuff first, which is folded toilet. Like the roll goes over, obviously. Okay, okay. Um, and then I finish the job with the wet wipe. Now, some people I've talked to have had problems with their plumbing. Yes. But oh, I've got right. good water yes, pressure. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. So I, I'm pretty confident in the brand that I use. They're not too thick, so yeah, you have to um, be careful. Anyone that. listening, it's honestly, it's changed. Now I'm, I'll be out in the world and be like, well, I can't go to the bathroom. I won't have wet wipes. Right, right. <laughs> no, we totally get it. So, yeah. and you have to be careful. Yep. Make sure you get the flushable ones, but you still have to check, even though, yep. because it has mm-hmm. to do with your septic tank and all that stuff. Yeah, that's for another time. Yeah, Cameron. Thank you so much. We'll put all that in the show notes for you. Can't thank you enough for taking the time sure. to meet the littles. <laughs> uh, the pleasure truly is on the side of the call. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Neville. Yeah, that Neville. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, Friday five. Now it's time for Friday five, tell you why. Because it's Friday and it's time to jive. And when a little tells us in advance, then we actually stand a chance. It's time for the Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, the Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, the Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, Friday five. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Thank you, Cameron Tabatabai. That's it. I love it. Got it. It's the new Christopher Giannini. Yeah. Tabatabai. There you go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's get to the Friday Five. These are courtesy of Steve Lipton, episode 47. And big shout out to Steve for getting them to us early so we could actually accomplish this. Yep. Roxy, you got them, right? You want to do the first one? I do. Okay. Number one, if you could have a beer with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Okay, I think the key statement of this is it's a beer. It's, it is a beer. It is a beer. Now, mm. I don't know why it's so specific, and he didn't just say a beverage or mm-hmm. a drink. or It's a beer. So I think we need to keep that in mind. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Ritz, do you have one? 
you know, I didn't go that angle. I kind of equated it to like, who would you want to have a dinner with? Like you guys ask. Right. So for me, one of the people that I've always been fascinated about, I would just love to get drunk with Thomas Edison and figure <laughs> out how that guy's mind worked. How did he invent so many amazing inventions? Okay, cool. What do you got, Roxy? I don't know. You started going off on this thing. So I don't know, maybe have a Sam Adams with the Sam stop. Adams. That was my answer. No, stop it. That's my freaking answer. <laughs> this happens all the time, Littles. I was like, Get oh, I got, the, head, I've got the perfect answer. That's what I was going to say. It was going to piss Sully off. It was going to be beautiful. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's great. Oh. Okay, I love I live probably, radio. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. The, that's, that's it. That's it. That's the list. Okay. Well, um, then it was going to be my dad and brother just because (laughs) you know just share beer i don't know on the golf course maybe i don't know we don't really drink on the golf course but because like i said it has i don't know to me it was like like i said he didn't say a cocktail he didn't say a coffee yeah yeah so a beer that's why i was thinking sam adams Uh but there's got to be another one i could suck it sully sully was a little upset about the whole question bud lighter sam adams oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but we heard from him yeah, we did. We heard from him. He's Welcome alive. Back. Sully's Welcome alive. Back. Thank you, Sully. <laughs> we missed you. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that one episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so all right, let's just let's move to the next. Rich, you got the next one? Sure do. Uh, what are the top three things on your bucket list? Well, I think ours we could do one together is to actually go on a honeymoon someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yay. laughs> yeah. Um, we're, we're working on it. That's number one. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll happen someday. What else you got, Chuck? I don't know. I'm trying to think. All right, I'll go. Go. Go up to the Empire State Building. What? I still haven't done it. Ever? Ever. Oh, wow. Ever. Are you serious? Yeah, we, we went there about today this. with our out of town guests. That's so funny. Are you, wait, what? I did yeah. not know this. Yeah. I was today years old that I've learned no, this information. No, you knew this. You just forgot. I thought <laughs> I thought you've been up numerous times. No. Because I thought you went up with your little cousin when she no, was No, that here. was the top of the rock. Tomato, tomato? No, like, they're different, No, I know Chuck. they're different. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I seriously, I knew you went to the top of the rock too. I thought you went to yeah, the- Yeah, no. Maybe because you were like, well, we went up that one. We don't need to go the other one. I get it. But mm-hmm. wow, I did not know that. Yeah. You're going to waste one on that? I can make that happen. Okay. That's easy. Um, no, and then I guess my other, well, okay, I'm going to say two since we had a joint one. More traveling, go to Ireland, go to Italy, things like that. All kind of connected potentially to the honeymoon. Yeah, too, right, but, right. And then my last one is still to run a race. Oh, right. I haven't run in quite some time because <laughs> I've been working out. I've been working my peaches Good off. Good thing we got those 12 pairs of shoes. That's all I'm going to say. They're not 12 pairs <laughs> of Roxy, shoes. Roxy, you're going to be a beast out there. You're going to be great. <laughs> you know, I'm a little nervous to get it to get back into it with all the training I've been doing. but You'll be fine, I'm sure. All right, Rich, what do you got? I surprise myself. Well, it's funny. I just asked a client this question about a bucket list, and he said, I don't call it a bucket list because that would mean I have I'm be kicking the bucket. Right. And uh, so I thought that was pretty clever. But for me, we are actually planning a trip to Alaska. Um, That is the number one thing on my bucket list, because that is the one state I've not been to. When are you going? I need to beat you. Um, Yeah, we're probably going to be going in July. Okay. Uh, All right. You're going to beat me. Probably. (laughs) Unless something happens quickly that should be on my list too because that is the one state i haven't been to and then mm-hmm. i'd say the other one for me is the what is it two or three baseball stadiums i right. still have not been to right so like got it cross okay. those off for sure yeah maybe um, we should do that together if, yeah. i don't know yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm ready for a baseball road trip yes yeah, yeah. well the one's easy because it's san diego la so yeah. that would be fairly easy yeah i would think mm-hmm. 
Uh, Once you're out there, yeah. And we've got friends in Milwaukee now who mm-hmm. have numerous times pretty much offered That's us right. housing, tickets, everything. So <laughs> we should be able to make that happen. But um, all right, let's move on to number three. If you had financial freedom, what would you do and where would you live? That's a very tough one. Really? Yeah. Well, I assume financial freedom just means you're rich. So that's the tricky part of this. Does that mean you have a ton of money left over after you start living there? Or is it like you just had enough money to get there and now you live in this great place? But now you can't do anything. Well, no, 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 not anything. (laughs) But now you're just like your normal self again. So, like, you're not going to take, like, all the... Because one thing I would say, I'd say, like, oh, we can move to Hawaii. But then I know, you you know, the family's so far away. But, right. see, if you're rich, then you can just take multiple trips back and forth, back and forth. But that would get expensive. So, you know what I'm saying? So, uh-huh. that's where I need clarification on the question. I'm sure I'm reading way too far into it. Um, I guess <laughs> what I would do is I would say you're good enough where you don't have to worry once you've gotten to where you're going to be living. So, I would say I would love to have two homes... <laughs> oh no! It's t- okay. Um, an apartment in the city. Right where? Uh, the Sheffield. The Sheffield top floor. We already seen. Penthouse we know. Suite. We know the floor plan. Mm-hmm. I think it was wow. being sold for like millions, it, millions, and millions, millions of dollars. Of dollars. Yeah. I think I, I think someone was renting it out for like seventy five thousand a month or something oh. like that. Something nope. like that. Yeah. But yep, that would be it. And then have a home away from the city. Honestly. Don't care. <laughs> Just space. <laughs> okay. All right, Ritz, where are you living? I think where I net out on this is I want to stay in New York City, but not unlike you guys, I want to have the apartment where I could have room for everything, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And so many people who I talk to, they have the house in the suburbs. They got the man cave. They have a room to show off all their sports collectibles or whatever they mm-hmm. collect and they display their art. That's what I would want. I want to stay in Manhattan but have that dream apartment in the sky where I have all the room. And then if I have the financial freedom, have enough money to buy each of my kids a similar apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Get them the hell out. Excellent. Great. All right. What's number four, Ritz? Number four. Who is your celebrity lookalike? Should we answer for each other? Oh, my. That's going to be dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I, don't know. I thought I could be I don't fun. Know. Well, I can't think of one for me. I know. I think I was being hit on one time in an audition. As I'm going way back, and you <laughs> anyone ever told you you look like Matthew Broderick? And I was like, no. Matthew Broderick. I thought yeah. someone told you you looked like Jason Alexander. <laughs> no, I've never heard That's that. That's what I thought you. No, said whenever last that time. thing on Facebook would like, oh, post your doppelganger. Yeah. I post a picture of Charlie Brown. That's what I post. Yeah. Um, there you go. That's a famous okay. person. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's right. You think I look like Charlie? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, when you wear your Charlie Brown shirt, well, yes. Of course, all when you I wear the Charlie Brown shirt, on your forehead. But um, and you'd use the one from the paper. The paper man. Paper man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, right. The short. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ritz. What do you think you are? So this is funny because, as you guys know, I worked in sports for a long time, and I remember working with a bunch of hockey players, and they kind of talking amongst themselves, like laughing. And I say, hey, what's up? And they say, you look like one of our teammates. And I was like, who? And they say, Doug Risebro. And then, so I go home and I look up Doug Risebro. I'm thinking, this guy doesn't look anything like me, and he's not a very good-looking guy. So you know, <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't very pleased with that. So, I don't know. I've never had anybody tell me I look like anybody. Now, yeah. what about a young, not now, I'm going to preface this by saying that. What about Gene Wilder? 
Yeah, I guess I could see that with the curly hair yeah. and everything, right? Yeah, I could yeah, see that's that. That's what I was going to say. See, that wasn't being right. me. I, I thought that was pretty nice. I mean, like I yeah, said, yeah. not now. He looks not good now. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He's, 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 he's not actually not good now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> I forgot he died. Oh, that's so bad. So I Clearly like, most sincerely dead. Yeah, okay. So... I met when he was younger, you know, like uh-huh. I hear you. Silver Streak. Was that a movie? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With Richard Pryor. Yeah. Oh, well, the, all of them were Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hear no evil. See no evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are fun. Yeah. Those. Are, yeah. They're good movies. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I haven't seen them in so long. I'm sure they couldn't be made now <laughs> for whatever reason. But right. Yeah, probably. So. All right. Let's go to the last one, Roxy. All right. Best meal you've had this year. Well, we better say Mother's Day, right? I mean, the steak was really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> Filet mignon. Yeah. Maybe it was that uh, birthday, 50th birthday dinner with the quote unquote free dessert. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what I was going to say that that dinner. Yeah. We have an update on that. But, well, not really an update, but I did write the email. Uh-huh. And then they wrote me back saying, like, I guess they wanted to confirm that I actually had a reservation. That yeah. I wasn't. So they asked me what day I was there and what the name of the reservation was under. Yeah. So that's where we're at. I mm-hmm. replied with that. We'll mm-hmm. see if anything uh-huh. comes of it. Probably not. But yeah. look, the meal was great. It yeah. just And the dessert would have been great if I had ordered something I wanted. Right. I just am not a cheesecake person. So right. That's right. And actually ordered it. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Been but brought it. Yeah. All right, Ritz, what's yours? So it's interesting. It has nothing to do with the food but more about the meal and the experience and the people who are around our tables. But recently for Passover, we invited a bunch of people to our home for our Seder who had never been to a Seder before. And it ranged from little kids to adults. And I have to say at the end of the night, it was such a wonderful night. Everybody had such a good time. Uh, We really enjoyed opening up our home to all these new guests. It was really a very special night. Excellent. All right, we got a bonus one. Oh. Bonus question. If you had to pick a member of your family to help compose questions for Friday Five, who would it be and why? I would go with, I think, Gina. Yeah. My sister Gina, because she's actually listened to a few of these episodes. Actually, more than a few. Yeah. Uh, And so she kind of knows the deal. Mm -hmm. So I think she would be probably my closest. Yeah. Or maybe your dad. I was going to say my dad, but yeah. I also think my mom could come up with some oh, really sure. good questions. Oh, yeah. And she yeah. has, actually. There were a couple times I've been up there and we've talked oh, my about gosh. stuff. We didn't talk about this last episode. Ritz, we'll get to you in a second, I promise. <laughs> we were up there Sorry. for Mother's Day. We were asking some of the fun, dumb questions. And she questions. was like, wa- they wanted us to do the fun, dumb questions. So we're like doing the whole cartoon character, the yeah, Saturday Night yeah. Live, all these things. And they're like whipping off their answers. I'm like, why aren't we hitting record here? And she's yeah. like, oh, no, no. I'm like, yeah. But my dad Oh, we have to have an shoot. episode with them for sure. Oh, yeah, at yeah. some point. Yeah. My dad does not want to shoot a condiment out of his finger. Yeah, he's we- weirded him out. <laughs> yeah. That was that was weird that, that was it weirded funny. him out. I'm like, it's it's a jo- it's a joke. You know, he just He's picked- like, no, I'm not gonna answer. <laughs> so then that. I said to him, I go, I said, complete new question. I go, what's your favorite condiment? And what did he say? He gave me an answer. And I was like, oh, well, that's mustard, the answer. I think. I think you said brown mustard. Or I forget Dijon, what it was. Yeah. Something like that. I said, okay, well, there's the answer. That's the-. he's like, no, no, no. I'm still not shooting it out of my finger. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right, Ritz, what do you got? I would go my immediate younger brother. So we're a year apart in age and he's just clever and snarky and has a devilish sense of humor and just super smart about so many things, like to the point where we had huge or I had huge sibling rivalry issues growing up because he's so super smart about everything, but we're really close now and I would definitely pick his brain. Excellent. 
nice. All right. Well, that's the Friday Five. Thank you, Steve Lipton, episode 47 for that. Make sure those you check good. out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And big shout out because he got us those a little early, which yeah, was nice. Yeah. All right. And then the last thing we just need to make sure everyone knows is we did surprise you with an episode over the weekend. We're probably not going to drop one on Tuesday. I fly back late, late, late Monday night. Yeah. So I don't even get into like 11 p.m. So I don't and see. And you're going to be working. Yeah. And Well, right. But I just don't see how we can get an episode out Tuesday. Yeah. So it'll be next week sometime. If not, we'll see you next weekend for sure. Because we're not sure what Tony's schedule is mm-hmm. for next week. It's probably the same it's been, but we're not sure. So anyway, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything is there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our email address. You can write in our guest book, send us a message, tell us you want to be on the show. <laughs> send um, us music. Send us music. You want to yes. do that? Yeah, you could do pretty much everything, everything on the website. And remember, if you do listen to us on Apple and iTunes, make sure you give us a nice rate and review over there. It does help, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, Cameron Tabatabai. Whoa, she had that right off her tongue, Ritz. That, that was rolls great. right off. Mm-hmm. And of course, thank you, Ritz, for finally coming back. Not his fault. Not no, his fault. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not his fault. Thank you, guys. Nobody's fault. I mean, it's just, well, it's our well. fault. But it's uh, it's just been, there are times, literally, Littles, if you knew the behind the scenes on this, we just randomly, I'll pop in, I'll come home from refing or something, and I'll be like, hey, let's record. Yep. And we literally, like, within minutes, yep. we just start recording because yep. we, we look at tomorrow's schedule or whatever, and we're like, oh, my gosh, there's no Crazy. way we're going to get it done. So anyway, thank you, as always, for listening to the Loyal Littles podcast. Remember, if you need a grip for your stick, go to stickgrip.com. Ritz, do you, if you need a book, where do you go? Aaron'sbooks.com. And make sure you put LL Pod in the comments. Absolutely, for your 15% discount. Yeah. That's great. All right, and as always, remember, if you are shopping online tonight, don't forget to use the code. Bye. Bye. Suspects that I'm going to be a grumpy old man who loves baseball.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. World-class guy, great Twitter account. I'm sure anyone listening knows that. Oh, yeah.